Genre. Back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 3, one uh, black and white flashback minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Steve Lesta. I'm Jerry O'Brien. Welcome, guys. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having us. Happy to have the X-Minutes guys on. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So today we are talking about Minute 61, which starts with Captain Stacy telling Peter and May that uh, Marco confessed his guilt to a cellmate and ends with May asking Captain Stacy to put the photos away. Yeah, I'd I'd also like them to put these photos away. I'm not... (laughs) I feel like this is a weird sequence. Um, So we, we start with the, you know, the exchange on, you know, the, the two-hander between Captain Stacy and uh, uh, and Aunt May, and then we look over to Peter, and things start to get weird. So we've got <laughs> this, yeah. this close-up on to say the Toby. Least. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I, I mean, I think what's happening is he's just imagining what, what could have happened, but there's, there's a couple of things. Um, one, I like that it's in black and white, because Peter is seeing the world in black and white right now like he's not because you know we've talked about how the theme of this movie is meant to be forgiveness that sometimes people do bad things but they're not necessarily bad people Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of like what the theme of this movie is supposed to be and, and also people sometimes wear black costumes. Also, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and so uh, this is this is I think meant to represent the fact that he's he's only seeing this situation in black and white. Um, that you know obviously if Flint Marco did this bad thing, then he's a bad person, and he meant to do it because that's what bad people do. They mean to do bad things, um, and uh-huh. and that's it. And so he's professional seeing, bad people. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's seeing everything in 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 black and white here. Uh, so that that's that's the that that I like. That's the one thing that I like. Um, this is one of the few yeah. times that I like Peter's emotional reaction to anything in this movie whatsoever. Like it, it's <laughs> it's point. it's fair throughout like the next few minutes. It's fair and it's honest and it's it strikes me as it could be Peter Parker. Yeah. 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 yeah I agree with that. Um, so, okay. So, so we get this, we get this thing, uh, it's in black and white. Great. Um, however, because we have to bring back, um, Cliff Robertson and, um, he has unfortunately, uh, aged about a decade in the three years between <laughs> Spider-Man two and three, uh, because I mean, he just, he, the, the poor guy, he just, he just looks like a confused elderly old man who doesn't yeah. seem to really understand what he's doing here or <laughs> what a movie is. I mean, it's just, it's really, it's, it's, it's very off-putting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it's very off-putting, like just how bad he looks here. And I mean, you know, that's not, it's not Cliff Robertson's fault, but it really does feel like they just tricked an old man, pulled him out of a resting home <laughs> and brought him into this movie and just, 
Like it just it's well, it, 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 it's, it's not late at night. He's up past his bedtime. Yes. Yeah, he's out no. waiting for Peter. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 very off putting. Um, that, that, in know. a way that like it just makes me feel like bad. It just makes me feel bad in my heart and my soul. <laughs> I was super glad when I saw these minutes because in my original minutes in on the first Spider-Man movie, I was very upset mm. that Ben Parker drove into mid drove Peter into Midtown Manhattan, which it, at rush hour, which seems right. like the most unrealistic thing in the world to me. I'd like to think that two the man clearly wants to die. Well, I, look, J- Jerry, you've lived here longer than I have. Nobody drives from Forest Hills or Sunnyside or wherever the heck it is Peter Parker lives to Midtown Manhattan at five o'clock. Uh-huh. It doesn't happen. And I'd like to think that two oh. movies later, oh. he's finally it's, it realized shows the error he of his has ways. A death wish. <laughs> so, is that look on his face just him contemplating how how wrong he's gone with his life? He, like, can't he's, believe he's actually listened to this podcast since his then, and he's gone. Choices. Here I yes. am making the same mistake again. <laughs> it's the same vehicular choices year after year. It was yeah. the it was the traffic that aged him ten years in three years. <laughs> three years. No, now, it makes sense. I realize this is a comic book movie, but the most off-putting thing about this whole scene to me is Spider-Man's Spidey sense. Spidey sense doesn't go off the first second the Captain Stacy says the words "jailhouse confession." Hmm. Because mm. like. I mean, mm. Jailhouse confessions are known. I, I don't know what your language restrictions are. Are I allowed to say bullshit? Yeah, we can, <laughs> yeah, we can do it. Right. Just Maybe one. Jailhouse, <laughs> jailhouse confessions are just known to be bullshit. Yeah. So the idea that two years after Uncle Ben dies, they call him and they say, well, you know, the, we got a confession from a guy in jail and we're pretty sure we got it right this time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, just in general, I don't... How would they connect what he's saying to the death of Ben Parker? Because the thing about it is, like, there's, there's lots of people getting killed in New York uh, at any at any given on any given week or month, mm-hmm. or especially year. Marvel Comics, well, yeah. right? <laughs> especially in the Marvel Comics universe. So, so we we have people like dying all the time. What makes Ben Parker so special? Number one and number two. It's not like Flint Marco knew his name, so it's not like he was like, "Hey, you ever you ever hear about uh, Ben Parker no, getting but murdered?" He, but he no, but he could well, say that I he... killed him. Like it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that crazy guy who drives in from Forest Hills in rush hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he was asking he, for he it. Could, he could describe where where the where the killing took place. I mm-hmm. mean, jailhouse guys. These guys are these guys are bragging. Yeah, mm-hmm. Flint's not that smart. He could just say, "Oh yeah, I killed the guy in front of the public library. That's why I'm here." And then his, and then, and then the rat. What's the who's the rat from the de- from the um, Daredevil comics? The rat from the Daredevil comics? Oh boy, you're oh yeah, the oh, guy the... who's always like a who's always yeah, Tur- it's like it's like Turk or something like that, right? Turk. Yeah, and then, and then yeah. Turk goes to the goes to the cops and he's like, "Yeah, the guy you have me in with says he killed the guy in front of the public library. Can I get a can I get a free candy bar and a pack of smoke?" <laughs> So, honestly, I mean, there's not that many guys killed in front of the New York Public Library. Well, honestly, as shaky as the jailhouse confession part is, the part that weirds me out more is saying that we have a couple of witnesses who will corroborate. Which who who is witnessing this? Yeah, it's he's out. Yeah. Where were they two years ago? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. The witness are the people who heard his confession. Those are the the witnesses of that, oh. not of the murder. That's why there's like none of this holds any weight whatsoever. No, uh, and, no, and, no. Wait and, a second. But the murder took place in 
in broad, not broad daylight, but it took place in a, a fairly public place. There would have been, there would have been plenty of witnesses to Flint Marco gunning him down. Right, but that would have been something they those witnesses dealt with with like years ago. If like right, are you going to get an eyewitness three years but, after the fact for a mugging in? Yeah, he was wearing a striped shirt and he had muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, like this if, guy I we've got like doesn't have I muscles. I saw somebody gun someone down. <laughs> Let's look for all the photos of criminals that we know that wear striped shirts. Ah, Flint Marco, there he is. Because <laughs> as we all know, people only wear one outfit at a time, ever. Right. In this universe. And as soon as you escape jail, uh, you go and you get that same outfit back out again. You just can't wait to put it back on. I, I mean, <laughs> it's something I mean, real, like realistically, getting killed and it being your ghost outfit for all eternity. Yeah. Realistically, the, the actual situation is that uh, uh, none of this that we're seeing right now actually happened. This is this is Peter's imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, An imaginary story. Right. Yeah. And so so the fact that Flint Marco is wearing the, the, the clothes that he's wearing as Sandman is just because that's the only outfit that, that he's ever seen him in. Do so. we get... Do we get a clarification later in the movie? Like uh, a di- another yes. version of the scene? Okay. I can't yes, remember if they, they rush think, him on this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Flint Marco describes what actually happened uh, oh, later. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. which, which, where, where he uh, gets bumped and then accidentally shoots him. Yeah. Um, he was a mass transit advocate and he had strong feelings about Uncle Ben driving. He's like, how yeah. dare you? You know, the, <laughs> to cart one person around the pollution. My God. Um <laughs> I, I'm I'm amazed I'm amazed that this is your problem with this this part of the movie. Oh, we have other. This is this is with, <laughs> with, with the, with the just stuff. I mean, this is really this is shocking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, the, um, I mean, what the the one of the things is like you know obviously uh, we're we're getting to it, um, mm-hmm. but you know we're yeah. bur- we're burying the lead, Steve. <laughs> but like honestly, we already kind of talked about this a little bit last week on the show um, because that was when they first introduced sure. the idea that Flint Marco was responsible for for the death of uh, Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, but wh- what we're what we're really just breaking down is the information that we're being given here, which is just absurd. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's absurd. Crap. And, and like, honestly, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blown away that the, that Captain Stacy is taking such a, uh, I don't know. Like, why? Why do they care so much about this at this point? Like, I I understand. Like, I wish I wish police cared this much about all things. Mm. Um, but the fact of the matter is, this is a murder that took place at least three years ago from when we where we are right now in the, mm-hmm. in this right. continuity. Um, at least three years ago, they got a guy, and uh, you have He's another dead. guy. Like when when it's a closed um, case. Yeah, yeah, it's a closed case. Like I don't. I don't. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me that they are making such a big deal out of the fact that, like, he may have killed Uncle Ben. Because the thing is, he didn't even go to prison for this. He went to prison for like another thing. He got caught for something else later on. Um, he was in prison for something unrelated to this situation. Bad uh, fashion sense with those striped shirts. Yeah, yeah that was and then, it. <laughs> and then he and then he confessed to this, I guess, to a cellmate. Who, which I imagine, I'm pretty sure, was a holdover from oh, when his soulmate was, yeah, was the Vulture. Um, when when this was supposed to be a movie uh, with uh, Sandman and the Vulture uh, sort of teaming up. And uh, I, so I think that that's a holdover from that. And there's just, there's a lot of stuff going on here that you can see all of the threads from the previous iteration of the film. 
and mm-hmm. they didn't erase all the lines that were left behind, you know? And so we get kind of this messy movie as a result. And this is one of those things where nothing about this makes any sense. It would totally make sense if the vulture was basically trying to set up the Sandman so that like whatever, I don't know, whatever thing that they're planning on stealing, whatever that was in that original draft of this movie, like he's wanting to keep it all himself by like, you know, getting the Sandman taken away. Um, and, and, you know, like, let's, let's blame him for the murder of this rando guy, you know? And like, for all we know in that version, it was, it was going to like, he's blaming the Sandman and then it was going to end up being himself. Actually, it was the vulture who killed uncle Ben. I don't know. I have no idea what the version of that Spider-Man three is because unfortunately (coughs) they've never released that treatment, but, um, you know, it's, it just, it feels forced and it feels messy. And we talked about how the fact that this, making Flint Marco responsible for Uncle Ben's death, just it 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 changes everything, and it doesn't add any. It, it adds nothing. Um, yeah. all it does it is makes take Spider-Man away. feel guilty about maybe having caused the death of an innocent man in the first film, which he didn't do. Yeah, I was guilty. Right, right. Plus, it's like <sighs> he tripped. Yeah, he, well, he tripped. Yeah. Well, he that in itself would have been the more interesting story. Like, they, mm-hmm. you know, they could have, you know, like sort of a Spider-Man no more thing where Spider-Man really does take this as a, as a guilt trip and goes somewhere with it. That itself would have been an interesting journey for Peter Parker for Spider-Man. That's fair. As yeah. opposed to this sort of gut level reaction. They, they didn't do either of the interesting things. Well, the problem here is there's a lot of, there's a lack of artfulness in how this film was made. And it sounds like there's some backstory in terms Big of time. different versions that I don't really know. Yeah. But the, I'm, the... Oh. The idea of making Flint Marco Ben Parker's killer is too small universe for me to begin with. Sort of like the Joker killing Batman's parents. Yes. yes. Yeah, exactly. What, what they do with that, though, is just sort of like a, a shame. It's a waste. Like, they did a thing which could have set, up, set, set, set Peter Parker on a great emotional journey. Mm-hmm. But that's not the road. The only do. way this would have worked for me if they did a spinoff with Captain Stacy cold case comic books. He goes and investigates... <laughs> cold cases from other comic books starting with thomas and martha wayne <laughs> yeah and it, yeah. it's all in this like law and order-esque like set that they've got going here and we always yeah. check back yeah. in with this precinct um yeah no it's, it is weird it just doesn't uh I, I i totally get it when people say this is a thing about this movie that loses them completely because yeah they they, they either could have made the bold choice and done an interesting thing which they didn't do or they could have not done the weird choice in the first place and left us with the stronger character stuff that we already had. So now we're just here. Several weird choices, if you ask me, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, whatever. Um, I will say, I like, I kind of like the way they shoot it. Like the weird flashback. It's like slightly overcranked. It it reminds me of uh, that bit with Theoden in the Two Towers where he's like getting ready for the Battle of Helm's Deep. Where's the horse and the rider? Where it's almost Mm. like the, the footage is a little slow motion, but the audio is normal. Like ADR normal speed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something dreamlike about it, which works. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really um, like um, Thomas Hayden Church in this role quite a bit. Oh, um, yeah. I, yeah. I think, oh, yeah. He, I think he's, a, he's a fun actor. And um, I know they'd never do this, but if they were going to reuse an actor from the this trilogy in the newer movies, I think he'd be, I'd, I'd be all over that. At, at least we'd get some good CGI out of Sandman then. Yeah, I mean, the, it's this CGI in the Sandman looks like 
pretty cool for 2007, but you could do really interesting things with... I mean, it's, it's such a creative character in general. It's almost like a... Uh, <laughs> literally a gritty green lantern, like, with gray. <laughs> <laughs> you <know>? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. You could get really creative with it. Zack he- Snyder is Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we'd actually talked early on when we f- were first introduced to him in the, the striped shirt about how how weird it is seeing like a, not a movie version of a comic book character, but literally just the comic book character. It's just standing there. Um, like Come to life. exactly the way that Ditko drew him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how weird that was and how we were surprised that they didn't tone it down in some way. Like, um, like they did with doc Ock and with the green goblin, uh, you know, by giving him like a jacket or something. And now here in this flashback, he's wearing the jacket. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that is actually more like what I would have pictured them doing in this movie. Instead of him just wearing the striped t-shirt, wearing mm-hmm. a jacket over the striped t-shirt to be like, yeah, he's yeah. the comic book character, but also this is a movie. And, uh, <laughs> you know, what are we going to wear? Yellow spandex? Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, 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 I always think of that, uh, that line and I, and I always, uh, think that they're going to do something like that. And so it's always shocking to see Sandman in this. And it's literally just ex- Sandman exactly the way that Ditko drew him. Um, yeah. but, uh, but I do, I like this jacket look with the popped collar. It's cool. Yeah. Well, one of the things I remember about the the Sam Raimi films was that he took a bunch of the original Spider-Man comics to the crew and and showed them some of the classic Spider-Man poses and said, these images must be in the films. Yeah. And um, I think that's one of the reasons we got the Sandman that we got. Yeah. And Thomas Hayden George is is just a great actor. I I agree with you. You know, along with uh, JJJ, this is somebody that should probably try and bring back for a future installment mm-hmm. yeah that's a good idea it wouldn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't um, be bad i i think i think he's looking a lot more older now than he is uh than he was like uh 12 years ago he just played lobster johnson in uh the new hellboy movie and um i haven't seen that really? yet and i love lobster johnson it was it's it's not great it's not great <laughs> i know uh, it's it's so a I terrible movie and his take on lobster johnson is not my favorite thing uh oh, no. so yeah it's it's uh i mean i don't blame him for it i definitely blame the director but um mm-hmm, it's yeah. uh it's it's a rough one and 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 he looks rough because he's you know he's he's already a guy with a lot of we'll call it a lot of character in his face yeah. um and and you add age more age to that and it's uh it's it's not it's it's rough it's rough Wow. So. Give me a young Thomas Hayden Church then. That'll yeah. be my. If I'm the casting director, I'm like, I mean, that's that's the thing you could do. I guess you still could cast him as Sammy. You just use that de aging technology, and you're just like, yeah, but he's <laughs> he can make himself look however he wants. He's Sandman. That's true. Marvel yeah. does a great job with that. <laughs> yeah. Nice in universe explanation there. Right. Yeah. Is that clay face like? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do. I love this flashback because, uh, well, not a flashback. It's it's a daydream, I guess, or a day nightmare. I don't know. A reimagining. Um, yeah. 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 It's a reimagining. And and what I love about this is how just, just evil <laughs> Flint Marco is. He, <laughs> he knocks this poor old man to the ground and then for no reason shoots him. Yeah. Michael Papajohn is in there like, what Save are you the doing? environment, punk. <laughs> Killing a guy. What do you want from me? I gotta kill him. Grr. He like just growls a lot. Yeah. The only thing they didn't do to Flint Marco in this scene is give him a mustache to twirl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God. 
It's funny. He's such a sympathetic character in this movie, yet they've made him into the most stereotypical yeah. of bad guys. Yeah, at well, in, 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 Peter. in Peter's imagination. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah. no. I mean, all all I really want is for him to just be like, "Hey, old man, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight?" <laughs> <laughs> now, come to think of it, we're seeing this version of Flint Marco because of Captain Stacy. This is really his take on what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's as a serious law and order professional. Um, <sighs> How did he become with jailhouse confession? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, <laughs> why. It is, again, one of the issues that crops up with no time with Captain Stacy, that he's just a plot device here. He doesn't seem like a person. And James Cromwell is a great actor. I have a hard time seeing him as anything but Zephyrin Cochran. Yeah. Sure, of course. Um, I mean, that, that, that really that really <laughs> still burns in, unfortunately. And he's been in yeah. a lot of great well, stuff. I mean, was he on, on Six Feet Under for a while? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Zeph- Zephyrin Cochran is a great character, so it's not it's not a terrible thing to be thinking about. True. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I always think about that. Uh, yeah. Farmer wipes his face from Babe. That'll do. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's a good. Uh, egg. <laughs> yeah, I, I also I love I love that Papa. Even even in his imagination, he still has to maintain continuity and. <laughs> and <laughs> let let uh, uh, Papa John drive away with the car by himself. Uh, <laughs> poor, uh, poor Flip Marco is just doomed to always escape on foot. That's that's boiled again. It's the only way. Um, <laughs> as far as the way that Hiding this is shadows. directed and edited, I think it's I think it's really well done. I mean, we already talked about sort of like the technique behind these uh, this dream sequence. The fact that it's in black and white. The fact that it's. Uh, uh, that like the style of the way that it's shot, um, the dreamlike way it's doing, and then I also mm-hmm. just like the way that it's we're cutting back and forth between Toby's eyes and this thing that he's imagining, and it's it's you know like I was saying it's it's about him seeing this situation only in black and white, and so the fact that we're moving back and forth between his eyes and the thing that he's imagining in black and white, um, it's a it's a it's a really like well directed. Uh, sequence i think you know it's it's just a shame that it's it's about something so stupid that we don't want in this movie and i i i think that (laughs) i think that making flint marco uncle ben's killer is the unforgivable thing that this movie does that it is the thing um everything else like you can you can say like oh well that's bad i would argue that most of it's just silly because sam raimi's a silly guy and he finds humor in really silly stuff and i can i can defend everything else in this movie the only thing that i cannot defend within an inch of my life is making flip marco uncle ben's killer i just can't do it and the dance sequence we no, can't I like, defend I the, dance the dance sequence i love the dance sequence no no i love no, the it's dance it's going to be sequence. great i can't wait I love yeah it. <laughs> i love it um and what and, was yeah. what was the reaction to this like back in the day well this I was i don't remember this being a this thing that out? triggered me uh this yeah. was this was the this was the initial red flag for most people because this was in the second trailer yeah. uh to spider-man the trailer. 3 and this was this was yeah. the first time that people were they, they were like uh this man flint marco uh kill, killed your uncle and that's like in the trailer this this scene in particular is in the trailer and i remember when this trailer hit people were like huh? wait what like what what are they doing what is this uh, and this was like the first time that people were like, uh, I don't know about this. I mean, Spider-Man 2 was great, so I'm going to trust him. But uh, that that sounds like a bad idea. 
And then it was a huge mistake because Uncle <laughs> Ben's death is at the core of why Spider-Man exists. Right. And if you mess with Uncle Ben's death, you're messing with, with what the core of Spider-Man is. You mess with Uncle Ben's death, you mess with yeah. all of us. That's right. <laughs> hey. uh. you, mess, you mess with Uncle Ben, you mess with New York. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is. It, it's, it betrays the core values of the character, and it's... It's just a terrible, terrible mistake. And we've talked about how you can still get this story of forgiveness by having him. I mean, you know, uh, you, you hate to say it, but having him kill someone who's close to Peter, someone else um, and and let it be an accident. But let Peter not know that it's an accident and really go f- after this yeah. guy. Um, and that's all you need to do. You don't have to have him. You don't need to retcon Uncle Ben's death to make this matter to Peter. Uncle Ben isn't the only thing that matters to Peter. Lots of people matter to Peter. And and you could you could have yeah. him. You know, we talked about you. You introduce Gwen Stacy. You make them much closer, like friends, not not you know romantically entwined. Just very lab very partner. You just have them, yeah, right, lab partner. Very very good friends, and you really hammer home the chemistry that these two characters have, and that they obviously very much care about each other. And then you have Sandman accidentally kill her, and. That could that's enough to set Peter off down on the same story path without having to retcon. I mean, God knows we don't give Gwen Stacy anything interesting to do in this movie anyway. So <laughs> if you're if you're gonna do that, you might as well just kill her. Um, and and <laughs> I I mean I, yeah, I mean it's true. I know, like it's I know it sounds the bad, but like way with which you said, you might as well just kill her. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm I, I'm trying to remember what the sound effect was when they showed. Gwen Stacy's death. Yeah, it's snap. It was snap. The sound yeah, effect. Snap. Is snap. Okay. Yeah. S N A P. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I it, casually, casually throw it out. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, you know, you might, you might as well just use her in that fashion if you're, if you're going to use her the way this movie does, um, and, Oof. and then it, it, you know, it's a little. At least there's a, little, a story. It's a little better, you know, and then, like that causes other issues for him and Mary Jane because Mary Jane is just like. I, I understand that you lost this friend, but like you're going down a dark path, man. Like you're going down a dark path and mm. I, I don't I don't know if I can follow you, you know, and like yeah. that, that that's enough to cause strife in a relationship. Um, and, and I think that that would have been a much more interesting way to take this than retconning Uncle Ben's death, which I feel like they thought was very clever, but it's just not. It's not at all. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can change a little bit here and there around how does spider-man function as long as he's like a good kid who's trying his best and he like made a bad mistake that he's like learning from but if you mess with the bad mistake that he's learning from i don't think it i don't think it works i don't know i think you can i think you can get away with doing that i think you can get away with mess you know with doing more with the origin story Mm -hmm. and specifically the ben parker part of it I think that if you're going to play in that in that yard, though, you got to be super, super careful, and that wasn't yeah. the case here. Yeah, I mean, what you can't, what you cannot change is that Peter Parker has to learn. Is the lesson that Peter Parker has to mm-hmm. learn? With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, that's the that's the sacred cow yeah. here. Ben Parker can be a scientist who creates venom. I know I'm, I'm mixing different things together. You can do a lot <laughs> of different things with Ben Parker and with the sequence of events, but this uh-huh. just. This isn't it. And then it's like mm-hmm. I said earlier, it's not it's not followed up on with anything of value, which makes it even more of a crime. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it's 
as it stands now, well, Peter being rude to Michael Papa John and not stopping him when he stopped him has no effect on the death of Ben. So it, it, it didn't matter. Right. But it needs to matter. It, it needs to be... I don't, it doesn't matter what the situation where he could have intervened and didn't was, but there needs to be a situation where he could have intervened and he didn't, and that's why Uncle Ben died. Right. Because as it stands, uh, interview, if he had intervened, if he had stopped him and gotten him to give the money back and really saved the day in that moment, Uncle Ben would still be dead because someone else did it. Yeah. I, like, it, yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he let the other guy go like it doesn't it just doesn't matter it's irrelevant to uncle ben's death and so you're you're suddenly making this uh uh the the theme of with great power comes great responsibility is gone it do, it doesn't it, it it's irrelevant it doesn't matter um and that's that's the major problem with this yeah it's a dumb decision all around yeah yeah <laughs> spider-man so. 3 a dumb decision all around <laughs> <laughs> You know, on the other hand, just to, to, to sort of jump back to the beginning uh-huh. of this minute. Um, so, in obviously in the newer movies, they've made a they, they've brought a very different Aunt May to the fore. Yes, and I think that's a really good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it in the comics, and I enjoy it. I, I like it in the current movies. I feel like the Aunt May that we've got here, which is the very classic, elderly. You know, she seems to live forever, but she's near the end of her life. Aunt May. Is not very interesting. One foot in the grave, point, and the other on a banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Aunt May of the 1960s. Aunt, yes. like One foot it. in the grave, the other on yeah. a banana peel. I mean, so you can you can change a lot of things, and sometimes you can change them very well. And like I think using Marissa Tomei, for instance, is an excellent example of a of a 40 something or 50 something Aunt May or whatever she is, mm-hmm. is is awesome um, and a great correction. But this is the opposite. But I just wanted to I just wanted to bring something that was a a parallel to a ma- another major change, but a, what I see as a good major change. Sure. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. Uh, these things are flexible. Just, you don't want to flex them until they break. Right. Right. Yeah. Nope. There's even, I mean, there's even other <clears throat> ways to do the, with great power comes great responsibility, death of uncle Ben moment, right? There's, there's lots of different ways that you could play this. In fact, the way that it's done here is slightly different than the way that it is in the comics, because in the comics, he lets that guy go and then he goes on the run and then uh, breaks into their house and kills Uncle Ben. Like, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a totally different scenario. Uh, and but it still works because it's still, you know, relies on the same thing. And then they do. Uh, but then, then they just do the same thing again in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. But that's neither here nor there. Um it's it, there. There are different ways that you could do this. You could still you could come up with a different way for Uncle Ben to die and Peter be inadvertently responsible and learn that lesson. Uh, but this this retcon uh, reverses it. It it makes it so that it doesn't matter. Nothing nothing matters. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> I think what they were really looking to do here, or what they should have been looking to do, is find a way to to make. Flint Marco important to Spider-Man and important for Spider-Man to capture him. Mm-hmm. And I think they figured, well, why don't we make it that he was the one who actually killed Uncle Ben? Mm-hmm. And then Spider-Man's got to capture him then. There's other things they could have done that would have made Sandman a prominent and important character in this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, impulse is fine. It's just the solution's not. 
It's the, yeah. they, they went, they went the, the easy route on the solution. They were just like, yeah. oh yeah, that makes the most sense. And then they just stuck with it and, and didn't, it, it doesn't feel like they traveled down any other roads, uh, any other avenues to find a different way to have him uh, connect to Peter in some way. And I mean, part of the problem is obviously like, you know, you look at, you look at the kind of person they wanted Sandman to be, they wanted Flint Marco to be, there's not a lot of places where you can make him have a connection to Peter, like a direct connection to Peter, because Peter's mm-hmm. such a good boy that like, it's not <laughs> like he, he has a lot of connections to like seedy characters. Um, and, and so he like, could have mugged Aunt May on the subway. Oh yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. You know, refused to give up his seat to her. That could have set Spider-Man off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's impolite. She is a saint. Politeness man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, it's anyway. it's it's definitely uh I I you know, I think it's I think it's lazy writing and I think that at the end of the day had they not been trapped by a release date put forth on them by Sony, I think that if they had had time to do another draft, I truly believe that this would have been exercised. I don't think it would be here. If they had been able to write one more draft, I don't think it would have been here. I think they would have found another solution. The problem is just that they didn't have time and they needed that easy solution because they had a release date they had to hit. They had to go into production. And uh, here we are uh, now. And now we're, we're stuck with this, um, unfortunately. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. All right. There you go. I think that's uh, I think that's minute 61. Uh, so <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Uh, if you are on, uh, Facebook, make sure that you join our Spider-Man minute friendly neighborhood listener group over there. Uh, we talk about all things Spider-Man, uh, as well as, you know, the, the movies that we're talking about when we're, uh, talking about them in each season of the show. So if you want to talk about Spider-Man three, if you want to talk about the things that we've talked about today, if you have a scenario that would have worked better to connect Sandman to Peter, uh, let us know on the Spider-Man minute friendly neighborhood listener group. And, uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow with minute 62. Bye everybody. Bye. See you. Bye now.